0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at www.first-prez.org. Amen. What a joy to be a part of it. I always watch the bell ringers, I see who has to ring the most bells. And the guy with the biggest bells has to ring the most bells, how about that? Thank you all, but I know there's a lot of hard work done on this side too, isn't there? We're grateful for you all. Friends, open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 as we continue in this series, embedded, learning all the ways that our church has been embedded to bring the light of Christ into our city, into our relationships, into this this world of ours And hasn't it been fun to see all the on social media, all the pictures? I hope you'll continue to do that with that hashtag "Firstprez Embedded." Uh, there's a card that the ushers have to help you do that, but just to see all the places that our church is embedded in the city is so much fun. Somebody was embedded on a dental chair, I noticed. <laughs> and something else was getting embedded, I think. Let's open our Bibles. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 2 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted, and it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us, That you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We know, Lord, that your word endures, and we pray that you would plant your word in our hearts in such a way that we would know salvation and walk toward Jesus and stand firm in the faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Embedded and facing the wind. After 40-something years of life, I'm still genuinely surprised when hard times come. You know? What is this? Difficulty? How did this happen? It's like your friend who's always surprised when they don't win the lottery. You know? I didn't win. How did that happen? And you say... You just weren't paying attention. I mean, what did you think? Nobody ever wins the lottery. You're surprised by hard times? Where have you been? That's just what it's all about. But I, I gave my life to Christ. I, I, I'm a Christian. I've been going to church. Things should be easy for me now. You just haven't been paying attention. There are good things of giving your life to Christ. Oh, my goodness. Some things are a lot easier after you know Christ and put your life in His hands. Absolutely. There's no guilt in life, no fear in death. There's no purposelessness, no meaninglessness. No there's confidence in right and wrong. There's, there's ethical clarity in our, in our lives. There's joyful hope, the power to love. There's freedom from sin, abiding faith, eternal life starting right now. That's pretty good. But it doesn't mean that we avoid or that we evade or that we escape from struggle. And I should not be surprised. We should not be surprised. Peter wrote to the church in 1 Peter 4.12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't you feel surprised when it comes? You think, this is is strange. When you're in Christ, the opposition grows. When you're in Christ, the waves of opposition, they, they come against you and begin to build. In fact, the wind blows against you harder in many ways than ever before. But here's the good news. Here's what we need to remember this morning. Your faith is stronger than fire and the wind will only deepen the roots. Your faith is stronger than fire, and the wind will deepen the roots. We are embedded. Your presence is God's purpose. We're shining like gold, reflecting the light of heaven. We don't escape this world. We love this world the way Jesus loves it, and we remain embedded and faithful, and we're urging our children to do the same, to to stay embedded and faithful to Jesus. We know the gospel doesn't migrate from generation to generation by accident, but by intentional action and sacrifice. Our little church has seen 144 years of faithful service, but we know That this is our time, that this is our moment, and that what we do together will determine whether there's another 144 years out ahead of us for all those years that are behind us. And so we are determined and confident that we can serve Jesus today and reflect His love and glory and beauty to those who do not yet know Him, even to those as yet unborn, even down to the next generation and the next generation. Last week, 24 young men and women stood up here and said, I want to stand for Jesus, but I need your help. Are they going to have our help? Are they going to have the help of this church? Yes. Go ahead. Are they going to have the help of this church? Yes! (laughs) Yes, they are. Because we're in it. We're in the game. We're in the game. But we know as we pursue Christ, as we're faithful, as we're passing the faith on, we know that we will face the winds of opposition. They'll blow against us. We have not yet met our final challenge as a church. Believers, you have not yet met your final challenge as a follower of Christ. There's wind still coming. There's struggle on the horizon. I want you rooted and faithful to Christ. I want you deep down touching the bedrock, building up foundations from stone that doesn't move from the Word of God. I want you ready as believers, we know more struggle is on the way, but we also know this. Faith is stronger than fire. Faith is stronger than fire, and the wind will only make the roots grow deeper. The, the young Thessalonian church was surprised by three things. You might remember from when we started this series, they were surprised by death. They, li- they really didn't think anyone would die after Jesus Had beaten death. They were surprised also that people were walking away, that they were giving up on the faith. And then they were surprised, if you recall, they were surprised at the anger and the force, even the brutality of vicious hatred they got from their their neighbors, their fellow citizens, their friends, when they called the name Jesus, when they lifted the name Jesus. Try to understand, their city had every kind of spirituality available. You could follow the philosophy of, of Aristotle and, and Plato or the Stoicism of Seneca. You could uh, venture into the Far Eastern religions and worship Isis or Sibylle or, or, or try Zoroastrianism. You could try anything at all. You could honor the old Greek gods. They were, Mount Olympus was right around the corner. Or you could gain and and join in this gaining Roman religion. They called it Sol Invictus, the unconquerable sun. Because isn't that what Rome is all about, victory and power from coast to coast? You could join into that. You could do whatever you'd like, whatever you'd like. Most people just carried on with the cultural religion of the day, which was to, to tip your hat to whatever little God was nearby whenever you had an important moment. If you're going to plant a field, then you tip your hat to the God of the field. If you open a bottle of wine, you, you tip a little to Bacchus. If, if you're starting a new business venture or you're going to get married or have a child or, or take a trip, there's always some God to honor, to beg for a little help, just a little pinch of luck, please, for any anxious venture? And do we think we're so much more sophisticated now? How many treat God that way? How many treat spirituality that way? Oh, just a little pinch of luck here for an anxious moment. That's all I need. But something strange happened in that environment when the people named Jesus. All of a sudden, out of all these choices, all these directions that people would run, you named Jesus, and something very strange happened. The people got angry. Paul and and Luke and Silas, they were there preaching the gospel. They were hosted by a man named Jason, probably holding church in his house. And, And you can read in Acts 17 how the people rose up against them, formed a mob, attacked the house broke in, dragged Jason and some of the other leaders out into the street, and then they called the city authorities out, and they shouted down, and they yelled, these men, these people. And, and isn't this a, an incredible phrase? It tells you everything. These people are turning our world upside down, they said. There's something about Jesus that just turns the world upside down. And the people didn't like it. They pushed against it. Why such anger? Why such opposition? Why such a reaction to the name of Jesus? I, I can only turn to what Jesus himself said. If you look in John chapter 15, he said, If the world hates you, keep in mind... That it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That's why. That's why the world hates you. Or in John chapter 3, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, does hate sound too strong, a word is evil, sound too strong, maybe for us, maybe for us in our times. But for many Christians around the world and throughout the ages, let me tell you those words, that vocabulary is too soft to describe what they have experienced for naming Jesus. In many Christian traditions, the the body of Christ remains up on the cross as though the crucifixion were, 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 were happening right now. We don't have the body of Christ on our cross. We want to emphasize that the sacrifice of Jesus happened once for all and was, was finished and complete. But the spirit of crucifixion continues. The spirit of disobedience in the hearts of men and women, the spirit of that wants to kill Jesus, that spirit is still very much alive. You maybe heard how in the beginning, you know, Christians were thrown to lions or killed by gladiators to entertain crowds in the Colosseum. There's so many of of these stories. In the year 320, after Christianity was supposed to be legal, a group of 40 soldiers came to Christ all together. Their commanding officer stripped them naked and marched them into a frozen lake and forced them to die standing in the frozen water. The movie Silence last year was about the way Christians were tortured and killed in Japan as they tried to bring the gospel. In Iraq, there's a city called Karakosh, and Karakosh uh, once housed 50,000 Christians, and And today, this morning, that city is absolutely empty. It's rubble. And the Christians that did survive the attack from ISIS, they've been pushed out of there and they're living in a tent city in Erbil because they're still too traumatized to to try to turn back to the city where once they lived. Or you know the 21 Egyptian martyrs in 2015 who were marched down the coast of Libya or the bombings in Egypt at Christmas and at Palm Sunday. That's just a few weeks ago. You see, it, it goes on and on. And it's difficult for us to, to even think about these events, to, to keep them in our minds. But we must remain tied. We are tied to Christian persecution around the world. Otherwise, we begin to think that what we mean by persecution is a snide remark or getting dropped off of somebody's Christmas card list. There is real fire. There is real opposition. There is a real spirit that has never stopped trying to kill Jesus, and it is really pushing against the Christian body. But friends, though there is real fire, your faith is stronger than fire. There's real struggle. There's real opposition. There are real uphill battles in the Christian life that we face, sometimes because of things we've done, sometimes because of things that have come upon us. Well, friends, the storm, the wind, the rain Will only deepen your roots. It will only deepen your roots. Paul and his team were run out of town and could not get back. And what we pick up here in our passage is we see Paul anxious, wondering, wondering, were the roots deep enough before I got ran out of town? Will this little church survive the wind and the fire of persecution? Or will they get lured into abandoning Jesus and giving up on all of it when it gets? tough. They had talked about the cost of discipleship. They had told them how Jesus had been crucified in Jerusalem and how that same opposing spirit was going to come to them and make life hard for them. But he didn't know, Paul didn't know, if they held on or not. Verse 5, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. I dropped about $100 of grass seed on my lawn a few weeks ago, (laughs) right before the freeze. My labors were in vain. Paul was worried about the same thing for his church. Hey, were the roots deep enough? Did the seed hit the soil? Back in verse 2, we sent Timothy With a name like that, that's got to be the hero of the story, doesn't it? (laughs) Obviously. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co worker in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. No one would be shaken. Don't be surprised. For you know quite well that we are destined for them. In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted and it turned out that way as you well know. We told you it was going to be hard. We told you that there was going to be a hard road ahead. So they sent Timothy. They sent Tim... Obviously, Timothy's the hero, isn't he? So they sent Timothy and Timothy returned and now he has the good news. Good news. The church survives. The faith lives on. After the storm the building stands the flag still flies after the long night of combat the church it lives and you can you can feel Paul's breathless Joy at this news. But Timothy has just now come to us, verse 6, and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. It's as though they were holding their breath. They can't see. Is, the, is it still there? Is it going to survive the wind? They can't see what's going on, and they can't live. They can't breathe. Paul is turning purple. and Timothy comes back, and they can breathe again. Why? Now notice this now. It's not because I could, he doesn't say I could breathe again because I could see everything was easy for you now. I could breathe again because I could see that you weren't facing any hard times. I could breathe again because there was no struggle in you. No, no, no. That's not what he says. He says I could breathe. I could really live because in the distress and in the persecution you are standing what? firm in the Lord. You are standing firm in the Lord. The wind blew But they were rooted. The wind blew, but they were embedded and faithful. So now, becoming examples, they become examples not only to other believers, but they are able to have the gospel ring from them to the far ends of the world. From this little church, Christianity spread into all of Europe. Stand firm in the Lord. The roots held. Every now and then, uh, you know, a hurricane swells up in the Atlantic, batters the coast, H- homes are destroyed, crops are destroyed, some people lose their lives. And so we work very hard to be less and less surprised. We put sensors out in the, in the ocean for the, to sense the, the movement of the waves. We study the weather. We send planes out into the eyes of the storm. No more surprises. We're surprised when we face wind and waves in our lives. It seems to surprise us when things get hard, when we feel opposition or struggle come our way. Well, we should not be surprised. We should be expectant and prepared to be rooted in Christ when the wind comes. A hurricane comes in and and a lot of trees are destroyed. But for the trees that are not destroyed, they can grow even stronger. The soaking rain allows the roots to grow even deeper than they were before. The, The wind bends the trunk, opening up the flow of sap. When we're rooted in Christ, we can become even stronger when the wind blows. The church in Thessalonica stood firm. Our church has stood firm. You can stand firm too. You can. Your faith is stronger than fire. The wind will deepen the roots. So it isn't about avoiding the trials and the struggles. It it isn't about finding a way to escape the wind. The wind is coming. The storm is coming. It's about being rooted in Christ. We don't have to ask whether a storm is coming. We ask whether a struggle is on the way. We don't have to ask whether. And when the struggle comes, we ask why? Why? Why me? And then if it gets worse, if it gets bad, then we, we succumb to woe. Woe is me. I want to tell you, drop the weather, drop the why, and drop the woe. Pick up the How. How. How will I survive the next storm? How will I face the next struggle? How, O oh Lord, will I have the strength to do what you've called me to do and to stand firm? How? How? Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, He said, Come to Me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for My yoke is easy and My burden is light. Now, how can a yoke be easy and light? That's that gigantic chunk of wood that you lay across the shoulders of oxen to drive them and through through the, the, the field. How can that possibly be light? How can it possibly be easy? Because Jesus is on the other side with you. Turn. When it's heavy, turn and see Jesus right beside you with the wood stretched across His shoulders. You are yoked. If you are in Christ, if you are founded and rooted in Christ, if your faith is in Him, you are yoked to Jesus Christ. You are yoked up with all the power of God in Jesus Christ, His Son. You are bound up... With him. You can make it. You can make it. One day, a a prison guard came to Nelson Mandela's cell and he said to him, Don't you know I have the power to take your life? And Nelson Mandela turned to him and said, Friend, don't you know I have the power? to lay down my life freely. Once you are in Christ, once you are yoked up with the victor over death, once you are yoked up with Jesus Christ, well, what can knock you down? What What can push you over? What can blow you away? What can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus? What can take you Uh, over with fear when you are yoked up with Jesus Christ. There's no fear even of death. What could possibly push you from His love and His power? No, no. You can make it. There is a struggle and there is fire. There is wind and there is opposition. But hear me and believe me now, your faith is stronger than fire. And when the wind blows against you, And you're rooted in Christ. The roots will only grow deeper. Keep trusting. Let's pray. Lord, for us, there's fear when we see the wind and the waves. For us, Lord, there's anxiousness, anxiety when we face the turmoil. And the struggles. There's even surprise, Lord, as though something strange were happening, but there's nothing strange. Lord, we are in your hand. Your grace is over us, it is within us, it is underneath us. It goes before us and guards us on our right and on our left. And so, Lord, in your confidence, we resolve we will stand firm. We know, Lord, that as you hold us, we need not fear. But as we face the struggle, Lord Jesus. By your grace, we will confidently look up to you and face whatever comes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at wwwfirst presidentorg